hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright podcast for Wednesday, April 29th. I'm Jay Greg Nanny, and joining me is Ian Saunders. And Ian, I don't know what it was, but I got very close to saying August 29th. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we, we're, not, we're not there yet, although maybe it's, it's the, uh, you know, we're getting a nice day here in Richmond, Virginia today, hitting temperatures, I think, close to 80 degrees um and so you know maybe maybe i'm i'm just uh thinking about summertime and when we're all able to return to the beach again yep and i've uh, been uh, quarantined a little too long there man <laughs> that's right we're seven i think this is week seven uh for us having uh been on quarantine and, and work from home um situation and um you know we we all continue to to um operate in a uh less than ideal capacity nonetheless um, you know, certainly operating in full capacity, and that's you know, the, the beauty of technology these days that allow us to um, be able to work from home um, and and continue to um, you know do what we need to do while you know while the market is open. And certainly, there's not a lack of activity that the market has seen while we've been in our in the quarantine situation. You know, really going back, it's hard to believe a couple months ago, February 19th that the market was at new all-time highs and you know the S&P 500 very quickly um corrected down to a uh roughly 38% drawdown off its peak and now here we are uh, approaching the end of April the last few days of April which um you know that the, the end of April is one of those times that always uh reminds me of the old market adage that goes uh sell in May and go away and that just kind of speaks to the market seasonality in that the market um, tends to provide better returns in what is known as the seasonally strong six months in the market. That being um, the, the, the months of starting November through the end of April historically are the strong periods in the market. And historically, the weak periods in the market, the six week six months, uh, starts at the beginning of May and goes through October. And here, as we're as we're discussing this with you know uh, the market, uh, the S and P 500 today, as we're doing this, is up about 2.75 percent, so up about 78 points on the S and P 500. If we go back and we look at this current seasonally, you know, quote unquote, strong period in the market um, from the end of October through basically right now, the S and P 500 is down three percent, and that certainly does not tell the whole story um, as, as there's been a lot of volatility in the market. There's been a lot going on. If you look over that time period, um, you know, there's, there's actually since then just looking at broad sectors, only two sectors that are in positive territory prior to today, um, that being technology and healthcare since the end of October um, with every other sector being down um, with energy and financials being down there uh, at the worst performing sectors down, 37 and 20% respectively. Um, nonetheless, we'll, we'll have more discussion on kind of the, the market seasonality and the move into uh, the, the seasonally weak period in the market coming up at, at the beginning of May. Um, but we, we certainly didn't want to, um, you know, have a conversation today and not talk about some notable uh, action that we've seen here on the chart of the uh, S&P 500 specifically. 
Yeah, and I mean, with uh, that movement that we've seen over the past of this, what has historically been this seasonally strong period, um, down three percent is uh, might be a little surprising given the rest of the movement that we've seen. As you mentioned there, uh, the past six months included um, about a thirty-eight percent drawdown, at least here with the S and P five hundred, moving from the all-time high here on the twenty-point chart um, of thirty-three eighty um, down towards that near-term low at twenty-two hundred. Um, however, we've seen some some pretty significant uh, term rally over the past few weeks. Um, most recently, reversing back up into a column of X's here over the past week and advancing higher over the past few days um, to give it another buy signal here, return to a buy signal rather, at 2880. Um, and then advance with movement today with the, uh, the couple point percent gain that we're seeing in the broader S&P 500, um, moving back up to 2940, which is also going to place at least the 20-point chart here, um, back in an overall positive trend, big breaking through this, this longer-term uh, bearish resistance line we saw um, be set there in the initial decline in March. Um, so definitely some, uh, some uh, a good sign to see this 20-point chart, which has been one of the um, more followed chart, um, chart values that we're, we're seeing here, obviously a fair amount of different uh, scales that we have here for the S&P 500, the default being the 10-point, um, but winding it out to the 20-point chart shows you um, a fair amount of that more intermediate-term time frame, and it's, it's definitely a good sign to this uh, follow-through, moving things back to an overall positive trend on this particular chart scale. Yeah, and, and you know, that, that movement right there is, is uh, interesting in the fact that it's moving back into a positive trend, because you know, we talked earlier in the week about one of the indicators that looks at, at trends amongst individual S&P 500 stocks, and that being the, the percent of stocks in a positive trend for the S&P 500, or the PT, SPX. Um, that indicator has recently moved back to 50%, which simply suggests that 50% of the S&P 500 universe is in a positive trend right now. Um, that 50% that mark has historically been um, a, a, an area of importance in that periods of time where the PTSPX has been above 50% have historically marked good market environments. And, and, and you know, intuitively, what that basically means is when you get that indicator above 50%, what it simply suggests is that a majority of S&P 500 stocks are enjoying positive trends on their on their point and figure charts. When you get readings below that, it simply means that a majority of stocks are fighting their negative trends. And so, you know, after seeing this fall all the way back into the single digits at 8%, which is the first time that we've seen that happen since the uh, 08 time period, this indicator has reversed up and has moved up um, very meaningfully in the month of April. It reversed up in April and has gone from 14% all the way now up to 50%. Um, I would uh, expect to see that uh, rise, you know, this is prior to today's, prior to Wednesday's market action. So uh, very possible that you could see that close another box up to 52% as a result of today's action. But, you know, certainly in the, in the scope of looking at, um, you know, positive developments amongst the indicators, um, the, the positive uh, move up back up and, and potentially above 50% for the PTSPX is, 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 a, is a positive sign um, and, and one that we will continue to monitor as, you know, the, the large cap stocks that make up the S&P 500, those have by and large been the stocks that have, um, you know, held up a lot better than, than most. 
um, and also the ones that have performed better on since you know since the market bottom back on March the 23rd. Um, but this is one of one of a number of indicators that uh, we've we've seen here over the course of the past month uh, show some very positive development, uh, including other indicators like our bullish percent. Absolutely. And I mean, as you mentioned there, you said that uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with that continued outperformance that we've seen from from the large cap equity space. Um, I mean, you can see that reiterated across most of the other indicators we have on the system, whether um, be the, the technical indicators here or even over on stuff like the, the asset class groups course page, which while most of the domestic equity groups have moved quite a bit further south in, in this market decline, um, we've seen the large cap areas kind of maintain strength relative to their, their mid and small cap counterparts. And so unsurprisingly, when you widen out the, the positive trend charts a little bit, maybe looking at the positive trend for the NYSE. So instead of looking at the uh, positive trend for just the 500 names in the S&P 500, uh, this is looking at the, the percentage of stocks in the broader New York Stock Exchange, which includes many more kind of mid and, and many more small cap oriented companies there. Um, but the percentage of stocks in that universe that are in a positive trend, while we've seen it advance, moving up from low levels at around 8%, uh, which again, levels we hadn't seen since that uh, 2009 timeframe, um, has risen up to a chart level of 24% through movement there on Tuesday. Um, so it's quite, still quite a bit below the chart level of say the, the PTSBX, um, but we've seen a lot of those small cap names, small, their lower um, market capitalization companies not, not show as much follow through to the upside um, as their large cap counterparts here past few weeks. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, this is, you know, certainly one. It's it's a much bigger universe, but like you mentioned, you know, that the universe on the NYSE is going to be more uh, tilted towards small and mid caps and, and they haven't um, haven't participated as much. They, you know, obviously participated much more on the downside. And, and if you look at, um, you know, in any areas of small cap, um, you know, small cap value has been amongst the worst hit areas during the market decline is starting to show over the course of the past you know couple of trading days uh, some of the, some some rally or near term um strength out of some of those those laggard and those weak areas and here IJS um is you know fell all the way down to 86 and has recently recovered back up to 118 still in a negative trend but now to a point where it's testing this downtrend line um going back to um, that that 128 level, 128 is where the trend line on that is. Um, but you know, certainly well below its its high of earlier this year, which was up at 162. And you know, small cap value stocks, while the S&P 500 in February of this year moved to a new all-time high, the IJS or small cap value in this case, it was not able to match its high from a couple years prior, from that August of 2018 time period. And so, you know, small cap value stocks still on a year to date basis at, at, at a loss of about 30 percent. Um, but, you know, you, the, this type of development here over the past couple of days from small cap value from some of these laggard areas are having a, a positive impact and a positive um, reaction on a number of indicators like things like the, the uh, bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, potentially things like the positive trend chart for the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, we'll continue to watch that. But um, the, bu the bullish percent chart here, and this is BPNYSE. And so instead of looking at trends, it's just looking at the, the percent of stocks that are on buy signals uh, within the NYSE. This indicator has you know reversed back up 
as a result of Tuesday's market action, the 28th. And as of today, intraday action has this indicator going up to 70%. And that 70% line is, you know, is one of the lines uh, that we have historically looked at uh, on, on the upside as being the quote-unquote red zone. It, you know, typically you don't get up there very often. Um, and as a matter of fact, the last time it was there was January of 18, got to 70%, wasn't able to get any higher prior to that, was July of 2014, got up to 70%, was able to get over that um, during the 2013 market. Um, but it's it been since that 2013 time period where the NYC bullish percent has actually been above 70%. And it's never been, um, at least back to 74, it's never been up to 90%. The highest it's ever gotten um, is is 86%, and it's it's gotten there a couple times. Um, but you have to go back, uh, you have to go back in time into the uh, the 2003 time period when you got to 86%. Um, nonetheless, what you know, the, the movement that we've seen in this bullish percent over the course of the past few days has been that of more net new demand coming back into the market, more stock participating on this rally higher as more and more stocks are moving to buy signals. Um, and so now we're up at 70%. Um, that is, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll be something to watch. You know, if, do we continue to see um, new net new demand come in for some of these individual names? If you if you continue to see kind of this this uh, laggard rally from small caps and, and mid caps that we've seen here over the past couple of sessions, you could very well see this indicator continue to push higher. Um, but the other side is uh, one one note of cost potential caution is it, watching for reversals down from these levels. Um, 70% and above has, you know, reversals down from those levels have historically um, been been pretty negative signs for the market, uh, you know, at least on a, on a more intermediate term basis. And so that's something to watch for, you know, getting up here uh, in and of itself certainly isn't, isn't a bad thing. It, it speaks to the breadth and the participation that the market has seen, um, but doesn't doesn't mean that, it, you know, we, we throw all caution to the wind and then we'll continue to monitor uh, individual positions as as we always have. Mm -hmm, certainly, and some of those in individual positions there that have led to a lot of this this recent outperformance, um, at least over the past few days, series has a little bit surprisingly been been areas such as energy. Um, I and mean, we we mm -hmm. saw ener energy names in the beginning of for first part of this year with that initial market decline, um, actually begin their decline a little bit before most of the broader equity space. Um, you can see um, on the the default chart page of the Energy Select Sector Spider Fund XLE, um, the fund reversed down after giving a buy signal in December of last year at 62, reversed down in January, uh, bumped right up against its longer term bearish resistance line and moved quite a bit further south, um, falling significantly there with the rest of the broader equity decline when that came in there later in March, um, ultimately falling to low levels um, from that 62 point down to 30 or 23 rather um, on, on that default chart there in March of this year. Um, since that time though, this fund has, has rallied quite significantly, um, reversing back up uh, to recently give its fifth consecutive buy signal with trading yesterday at 36 um, and then continuing its advance today all the way up to uh, at least an intraday high here of 38.50. Um, speaking to that maybe surprising kind of near-term improvement with a lot of these energy names um, on the backs of the broader crude oil um, uncertainty um, that we've seen over the past couple of weeks with crude oil future prices moving negative for the first time there. Um, 
last week and then um, show, showing some significant rebound over the past couple of days. We roll up in, in, ex, in excess of 20% here, I believe, with yesterday trading on Wednesday, um, leading to some of these energy spaces showing that, that, um, that continued movement back to the upside. Um, but as you can see here, uh, I mean, while this names are this name is on a buy signal, still does sit quite a bit away from that longer-term negative trend line. Uh, the current chart levels there at 38.50. The trend line's not going to be had until up at 46.50. Um, but creeping back into normalized trading levels, uh, sitting around normalized trading levels now, um, and we'll, we'll see how this space can continue to play out the rest of uh, the rest of the time period here as we move towards the month of May. Um, I mean, these names have not only been uh, pretty well hashed across the space, looking at some of the larger cap names in and of themselves, like Chevron, uh, ticker CVX, um, has seen some pretty, um, some, uh, pretty similar near-term improvement off of its respective bottom down at 52 uh, to recently advance uh, to break a, a buy signal at 88, moving back to a positive trend um, for the uh, Moving back to a positive trend there for the first uh, first time in quite a while that trend, trend line had moved south in October of last year, um, and then the fund fell off significantly with the rest of the broader market. So, um, seeing some of the larger cap names like Chevron here with ticker their CBX moving back up into a positive trend um, could be at least show the potential there for some of the other names within the energy space to follow suit, um, taking these buy signals and moving back up back up above their respective uh, resistance funds themselves. Yeah, and Chevron, I mean, that that stock in and of itself, along with Exxon, are very meaningful uh, pieces to the equation when you look at XLE. Each of those stocks is accounts for about 23% of XLE. So combined, those two stocks, uh, Chevron and Exxon, account for 46% of the movement uh, within XLE. And so that's, you know... If, if you're one way, if you're looking at, at either one of those stocks or, um, you know, wanting to gain exposure to energy, you know, buying XLE is going to give you a big chunk of Exxon and Chevron, but then it also, um, you know, a, a basket of other energy names um, spread out across the other almost 50% or a little bit more than 50% of the portfolio. Uh, but with that said, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we talked about small caps having been a laggard area for, for a while now, and that's not, not really a new thing, um, has have begun to show some life, signs of life here recently. Uh, not to the extent that we've seen any notable um, uh, relative strength improvement, but within energy, it's been interesting. Obviously, an explosive move off the bottom has created uh, an environment now that, that energy uh, as a sector has begun to move into um, some sector rotation models that we have on our website, as well as begun to, to move up the ranks within the Dolly sector rankings right now. And so when you look at the Dolly sector rankings down for domestic equities, energy, which had perpetually been um, in the bottom of the barrel down in, in the bottom, uh, has now moved up to uh, the number six position within the uh, U.S. sector rankings. So, you know, that, that's been a recent development here just over the course of the week that energy has moved up into that number six position. Um, technology, healthcare uh, continue to be the two dominant uh, sectors out there from a leadership position. Uh, but energy uh, now has been uh, one of the most improved areas in terms of the number of relative strength buy signals that it has picked up. 
It's certainly there. And we've seen some of the rotation within um, the domestic equity sector perspective lead to some, some further advancement from a relative strength perspective for the broader domestic equity space. Um, I mean, here looking at the broader asset class rank in the Dolly tool, um, we had domestic equities fall, obviously, from the number one position with the market decline down to the number four position where it sits here currently. Um, but it fell to a, a buy signal low of 159 signals um, back there in March. And it's since started to, uh, over the past few weeks here has regained um, many of those signals to sit at its current buy signal um, tally count of 184, uh, which is just five signals shy of the number third ranked asset class in currencies there at 189, at least through trading there on Tuesday. Um, so I haven't seen the asset class change there, there yet, but definitely one thing to take note of, even though the broader ranking in and of itself hasn't changed, we have seen some of those signals underneath the hood um, show some at least some near-term improvement for the domestic equity space. That's right. And, you know, what, what, what has certainly led that, again, the, the, you know, the, the market has been really, really narrow um, this year with basically the large cap and, and large cap growth area of the market being the only bright spot. And as you see that participation in the market broaden out a bit, um, you, you will certainly begin to see, um, and that's, that's indicative on indicator charts, things like the bullish persistence that we talked about. But as you see the market broaden out and see that the small cap areas and, and even, you know, mid cap areas, equal weighted areas, uh, begin to uh, participate in a more meaningful way, then that's when you can see some more signals come uh, come from some of those domestic equity buckets. So it'll be interesting to watch and that'll be something to, to, to continue to monitor. Uh, if, if domestic equities, is that able to move up into the number three position and, and overtake currency? Uh, but also on the, on the uh, top end where you have cash and fixed income, they're only separated by two signals. And so it's very possible um, that you could see fixed income overtake the, uh, the cash asset class. And fixed income right now, I mean, when you look at fixed income uh, over the course here of the past uh, month, really, um, you've seen the leadership trends within fixed income change, too, to the extent that um, you've, you've seen some of the more risk on areas of the fixed income market do well, things like preferreds, things like convertibles, uh, high yield uh, and, and corporates, those those are kind of the three top areas within the fixed income bucket. Now, um, certainly things that tend to be uh, more uh, more risk on as it relates to fixed income, and also things that tend to be um, less sensitive or less correlated uh, to interest rate movement. Um, you know, interest rates uh, obviously at historic lows, and and you know who knows. Uh, if they just stay down here for, for a while or if they end up moving up at, at some point in some meaningful way, um, if they do move up in some meaningful way, obviously that will, that will negatively impact um, things like long-term U.S. treasuries uh, just because they're so negatively correlated there. Um, and, you know, things like preferreds, convertibles, um, high-yield stuff tends to have a little bit more higher correlation to uh, to, to equities and, and less so to bonds. So um, just an interesting observation. And, and, you know, so those of you that are running dolly based strategies and using rotation within the fixed income sleeve in, in some capacity, uh, while the, the U.S. equities uh, uh, asset class in and of itself hasn't moved up, 
there there has been uh, some increase in the, the risk profile or the beta just specifically within the fixed income by seeing some of those other uh, fixed income areas move up. So uh, that'll be an interesting interesting thing to watch and see if fixed income is able to to move up into that number one spot and, and uh, overtake cash. So something to continue to watch. Um, but what you can do also on the system is set alerts. And you can set an alert up there on the top right of the Dolly page to have the system send you an email uh, if, if those things may change. If asset classes change ranks, if sectors within the asset classes change, uh, you have the ability to go in there and set those alerts and the system will send you an email to notify you of that. So, um, so with that said, also Ian, the, the end of, of April, um, while we mentioned the start of the seasonally weak period coming up here this Friday, it's also an important update for a number of models that we have on our site next week. Um, and those of you that are following FSM models that are seasonally adjusted, um, those will get reviewed at the beginning of next week um, for any potential changes. So if you're, if you're following or using any FSM models in your allocation, um, be sure to, to, to look at those uh, coming up next week. Also, you can set alerts on those to have the system send you an email too. Certainly, yeah, those, um, so those, those models are gonna be um, coming out there. I mean, the, with the, the typical seasonal quarter evaluation, most of the monthly models um, are gonna be pushed towards that seasonal quarter evaluation as well. Um, so they'll be evaluated following market close there on Monday. Um, trades will be coming out there on uh, on Cinco de Mayo that Tuesday. Um, for for anyone that has has alerts set on the models, um, you should see those trades will be coming out there next Tuesday. Perfect. Well, certainly not a lack of things going on in the market. Um, hope everybody is staying safe and healthy out there. Look forward um, uh, to a, a return at some point to uh, normalcy, not only in our lives but. Uh, in the market as well. So uh, with that, in the meantime, we will continue to endeavor to keep you up to speed in terms of uh, any indicator changes and, and, and changes within leadership trends in the market. But we absolutely appreciate you joining us uh, this week for the call. If there's anything we can do, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.